This is a Federal News Network podcast. The Energy Department has joined Health and Human Services and the intelligence community in boosting research related to COVID-19. DOE has made its 17 national lab resources available through its Office of Technology Transitions. For how this will all work, the office's director and chief commercialization officer, Connor Prohaska. Mr. Prohaska, good to have you on. Thank you so much for having me today, Tom. So what precisely are you doing here? Because the national labs have people, they have laboratories, they have data, they've got a gigantic amount of resource computing power. How will this come to bear on the COVID deal? Well, and you've nailed it, that we do have amazing researchers, we have amazing facilities, and we have amazing research going on at the Department of Energy. People that aren't as intimately aware with what the Department of Energy does sometimes don't realize that it's one of the largest physical science research complexes in the world. We spend roughly $18 billion a year at the Department of Energy on research and development across the physical sciences, from material science all the way to chemistry to shooting neutrinos out of accelerators at our Fermi lab up near Chicago to try to catch them in South Dakota and unlock the secrets of the Big Bang. So it's a very broad complex with a lot of missions and a lot of great research that's going on. And our role at the Office of Technology Transitions, and in my role as the Chief Commercialization Officer for the Department of Energy, is to ensure that we are doing all we can to enable access to those facilities, those researchers and that research, have smart policies so that once people access it, they can work with our facilities, our researchers and our, and our research. Uh, and then also, above all, make sure people are aware. I often say that one of the key parts of my job is to get less people to say, I didn't know the Department of Energy did that. So it's a very exciting job, uh, and it's a very exciting role because it really is witnessing history on almost a daily basis when you hear about and see the innovations that come out of the national labs and the vast, expansive capabilities that we have. That neutrino idea sounds like the ultimate line drive. (laughs) Now that we're missing baseball, maybe we can catch neutrinos. But with respect to COVID, what specifically do the assets come from DOE, say, that are not available or not replicated at some of the other research establishments, such as those at HHS? Sure. So our supercomputers, for instance, right now we have uh, four of the 10 fastest supercomputers in the world at the Department of Energy. We are the supercomputer masters uh, in the federal government. So that's one example of a place where those supercomputers have been utilized to examine proteins to give researchers and pharmaceutical companies a head start out there uh, across the spectrum and across the world to get closer to a vaccine or an antibody test or whatever it may be. But because of the massive amounts of data that exists, there's not a lot of computers out there in the world that can do that. And so we really see ourselves as we have a lot of tools that exist in this. And so what we've done with our lab partnering service lab, uh, is, is create a portal called the Lab Partnering Service Portal, COVID-19 Portal, and it's covid19.labpartnering.org. What, what the portal does is it is uh, giving people on lab partnering service a head start as well, which is there's 40,000 patents on there that you can license out, and there's hundreds of facilities that you can look at and tech summaries. We've curated that down to the things that experts believe could potentially be helpful in the fight against COVID, and not just vaccines. We're talking about 
technologies in manufacturing that could help create new ways of developing ventilators, new ways of developing PPE, even new ways of developing nasal swabs, which are a big issue right now uh, in the supply chain across the country and world for that matter. Got it. We're speaking with Connor Prohaska. He is the Chief Commercialization Officer and Director of the Office of Technology Transitions at the Energy Department. What kind of traffic have you had at this portal, and how do you adjudicate making sure that the right people are connected with the right resources and that people that are legitimately qualified to do this research are the ones that get through? Sure. We've had around 4,200 visits. We're still doing the analytics on on the COVID direct portal as we've gone forward here. We just launched it just end of the week prior. And so we're analyzing and driving traffic as much as we can to it to make sure that people are aware of it. To answer your second question, uh, because we we do want to make sure that we're not wasting anybody's time chasing something that may not be legitimate as far as a research concern or question. So we do have an initial screening here at the Department of Energy uh, in the Office of Technology Transitions to ensure that these are legitimate inbounds and that we're maximizing the use uh, and not uh, wasting any taxpayer time or money on something that may not be relevant. And have you detected any trends in what people are seeking initially? We're doing the analysis right now of, of who's coming in and what people are seeing. I can tell you some of the early wins that we've had at the Department of Energy during the COVID fight. I mentioned the proteins uh, and, and being able to analyze those through our supercomputers and the, and the high-powered computer consortium that's been created by the Office of Science and Technology Policy across the federal government. Another place that we're seeing some, if you allow to say, wins uh, here, uh, but, but some opportunities and some places that really are helping in the fight are our manufacturing technologies, because we do deal a lot with materials at the Department of Energy. We do deal a lot with advanced manufacturing. So a great story out of Sandia National Lab in New Mexico, being able to work with their local hospital there to retrofit some machines so that they could then be used as ventilators. Some advanced manufacturing coming out of uh, some of our California labs to work on, uh, as I mentioned earlier, new ways of making nasal swabs um, and new ways of making PPE at our Oak Ridge National Laboratory. So we're seeing some things around that that are some real great stories to talk about and some real great return on the, the amazing capabilities of the Department of Energy. Because I've seen some of the videos of those nasal swabs, and it seems like maybe there's a better way to get up into the nose. Everyone seems to want to recoil from (laughs) from that procedure. I don't think anybody that's gone through it has said it's a fun experience. So how long will you run this, and is this something that's going to be in place permanently? Uh, We'll run it until uh, the need no longer exists. Um, And and so I don't know if that's a vaccine. I don't know if that's uh, a, a different time period. Um, Really, the big lift is getting it up and running. We are continuing to work with the experts across the department and across the complex to make sure we are including the best research in there uh, and and the things that are relevant. Um, That's a a continuous process that won't end. You know, one of the things about the Department of Energy is the vast majority of our research that we do is basic science. It's basic research. And the exciting thing about basic science and basic research is you don't necessarily know where it's going to end up, and you don't necessarily know what its application is. And so with that, we don't try to to guess and pick winners and losers here. We try to make sure that, as I said, we are laying it out there and that the bright minds and the amazing teams, whether it's our laboratories uh, or whether it's the entrepreneurial spirit of the U.S. people uh, in the world, can can get to it and access it and make, make the best out of it. 
On that manufacturing front, that seems to hold a lot of promise for the moment when there is a vaccine, because then the challenge will be making enough of it in a short enough time to really lick the problem. And people think, well, a vaccine, you just turn on the like a dairy farm, you know, and out comes the gallons of milk. But actually, it's a very complicated and difficult process, I think. Yeah. And, and to that point, Tom, some of the success stories that we've seen, and, and you can actually read some of the success stories already on the labpartnering.org there. Some of the success stories we're seeing are talking about the efficiency of pipelines, uh, the efficiency of, and what I mean, I don't mean the, the energy pipelines, I'm talking about uh, the, our, our pipelines and our, our supply chains across the country and across the world. But it's not always, as I mentioned, it's not always the stuff that you would initially think about of PPE and vaccines. It's sometimes how can we work and take this data and, and analyze it and make our manufacturing processes more efficient to, in turn, hit to what you just mentioned, be able to produce more going forward. And you also have a program called CTAP. What does that stand for and what does it do? Well, CTAP is, is the COVID-19 Technical Assistance Program. And what this allows is it allows our researchers, uh, as I mentioned, some of the brightest minds in the country, to pick up the phone and short fast and uh, rapid-fire short-term uh, projects help out some of these researchers that are working on some very technical and difficult issues uh, that they at the labs may have some expertise in. So the Office of Technology Transition has funded a number of our national labs to basically have a billing code so that they can answer the phone and help those that are trying to help in short term. And just a final question on a couple of things you said. You are called the Technology Transitions Office. And earlier you mentioned the idea of licensing patents that might be out there that could come to bear on this. So it seems like there's some pretty good incentive on the part of the patent holders to push forward what it is they have patents on if they think it could help in this whole fight. It is. You know, we, we believe, and, and the Secretary and the White House believes, that these advancements don't do any good just sitting on a shelf, uh, a figurative shelf. Um, and and we, it's important to publish papers, and, and it's important to put that out and that knowledge in the world. But we want to take a step further and make sure that these can be applicable. One of the things we talk about all the time in the Office of Technology Transitions is at the end of the day, when you boil down all the fancy words of, of our mission statement, our main job is to maximize the impact of the U.S. taxpayers' research and development dollar that they send to the Department of Energy. And we think that this is a great avenue to do that. Connor Pohaska is Chief Commercialization Officer and Director of the Office of Technology Transitions at the Energy Department. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you. And I'd be remiss if I didn't make sure that I thank and acknowledge all the people that are doing so much hard work across the federal government to work hard at this. It's long hours, long days, and a lot of great work from our labs that, that went into to getting this project off the ground. So and, we're excited. And we salute them also. We'll post this interview along with a link to more information at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. When you think about something that brings out the best in us, it usually involves helping someone else. 
By donating plasma at a Griffles Center, you can help save millions of lives and show your good side to the world. You'll join thousands of people who donate safely each week, so patients get the plasma-derived medicines they rely on. And you'll be rewarded up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.